Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler, Episode 2, entitled Black Lives Matter Part 1, a special show. Welcome to this special edition of the Brand Ed Podcast with Robbie Fowler. This is the show that helps you build a life-giving personal brand and business. But today's episode is something special. In light of what's going on in our country, I've invited two of my very good friends that are essentially like sons to me to hop on this podcast and talk about Black Lives Matter. What you're going to listen into is really a family conversation between me and two of my friends. Both are black men and both lived with our family while they were college adults. While this podcast is normally about branding and marketing and your business strategy, I think this topic is way more important and way more urgent for us to address together. But it also happens to line up with the purpose of this podcast, which is to help you build a life-giving brand. So without wasting any more time, I want to hop into part one of our interview. The focus of part one of this special podcast episode is just to hear from my two friends. How are they doing? How are they processing this? And in particular, how can we, as a white audience, how can we best serve them? And how can we best begin to empathize and understand what it's like and what role we can play to address this very important topic? Following these two special episodes, I'll jump back into the series that we started in episode one. For now, let's jump in on this very important conversation. Let's start as we welcome folks in. Let's start with a introduction from Jabari and Darius. So Jabari, to a listening audience who's listening in to our little family conversation in here, take us quick jog down memory lane of how in the world we met. Old white guy, young stud, college athlete. <laughs> how the heck yeah. did y'all get connected? <laughs> So moving from Texas, coming into Jonesboro, Arkansas, I'm just going to let you know, nowhere in my football agenda that I have Jonesboro, Arkansas, uh, you know, saying that, oh, yeah, that's why I wanted to go <laughs> and uh, um, go play football. So and so going into a smaller city, born and raised in Houston, slash Austin, Texas, moved a lot for parents being divorced. And so. Uh, came into Jones, Arkansas, playing football. Um, came in as a junior college transfer, so I was, you know, sophomore, and just pretty much playing football and started getting plugged into some of the guys that was on the team. Um, one of the guys who was part of FCA um, connected with another player that was on the team and. Come to find out that this one player was actually staying with Robbie at the time. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So then they end up bringing me to just starting up. Not only want to be introduced to Robbie, but just his family and uh, just kind of the, the leadership of 
who he was at that time and you know, being in a married household, having kids, it was super, super attractive being in someone who grew up in a divorced household and really see, you know, the, the father um, slash wife as kids bringing up in one household. And it so was what, pretty what much What year? Help um, me remember. What year is this about? Do that you was, so that was in, yeah, so that was in 2008 because I remember wow. I came in January. Yeah, January 2008. I never forget because I literally drove from, I think it was, yeah, Austin, Texas and I drove by myself. I had a Chevy Impala and I, I, I never, it, it, I never get driving into uh, Arkansas, and <laughs> my speedometer uh, on my car stopped working. So I did not know that's <laughs> how I was going. Uh, Texas uh, plates. Yeah, yeah. And boy, you talk about grace. I got pulled over. I was like, listen, I don't know how fast I was going. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so you did get going. pulled over. I did get pulled oh, over. Man. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did get pulled over. But, you know, I, I would say it was probably favor Gracie because I told him I was playing football in South State where well, he said, I'm going to let you go with a warning, you know, mm. welcome to Arkansas. So that's, uh, so that was awesome. But yeah, so <clears throat> that, uh, yeah, back in 2008. And uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a long trip by yourself. Yeah. That was, a first, yeah. that was my first long trip. But yeah, coming into Jonesboro, meeting Robbie and, I think pretty much we just took off from there. Yeah. And, um, and oddly enough, probably the main turning point is when you got knocked cold out. Yeah. (laughs) So on that football, so so playing football, it's, uh, obviously a dangerous sport at times. You're not aware, but yeah, I got knocked off on kickoff return and Mm. knocked out unconscious. Uh, So me and Robert was already building a relationship at that time. So knew me and coming to the game, knowing, hey, I know that guy. We've had many of conversations outside of the field and, um, you know, family being all the way in Texas and getting the call, um, realizing, hey, Jabbar just had a concussion. He's doing okay. However, he's in hospital. So that uh, did get a chance to even dive in a little bit more. Mm. You get a little vulnerable when you realize kind of your identity is wrapped around football. And for me, that was like, that was my meal ticket, you know, to take care of my family. Mm. And when you really, as a young uh, child, as a young man, just really doing the best as you can to put yourself in a position, that's a vulnerable moment because you're like, hey man, I, I wasn't supposed to get hurt. This was not mm. part of the plan, you yeah. know? Uh, so that. Gave me a lot more to even discuss. Uh, having you know Robert at the time, family all the way in Texas. You know, I can have conversations with him on the phone, but you know, just the ability to up and drive, yeah, and get to like financially, no way possible, yeah, uh, to be able to do that because we we had to convince Auntie and Mama like don't hop on a plane just yet. We're I'm here. Yeah. We're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. And I would have known if like they even tried to make that trip, like that would have been a huge strain, like right. trying to figure it out. Although they would have, but it's yeah. just, it, it wasn't really necessary. Um, but the reality is like, I know by like deep, deep down, you know, like that's not going to be like, I, you can't do that. Like y'all, you know, my aunt, I'm pretty sure she was still working at the time. And so mm. it, it, that, yeah. that, 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 was not even possible. All right. So that's Jabari 2008. That's 12 years. Goodness. I'm old. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) then comes just when life, you thought life was fun enough. Then comes comes. Darius Dunaway. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> so, Darius, introduce yourself, how you came into the mix, where you came from, to finish up Team Oreo. This is the second half of the cookie of Team Oreo. That's right, baby. Um, like Robbie said, um, Darius Dunaway. I basically came in the picture um, a year after, in 2009, believe it or not. Mm, um, wow. Yeah, so it's 11 years. I came on a visit to Arkansas State. So I'm from Monroe, Louisiana. But I came on a visit to Arkansas State. And my host initially was Alex Carrington. And my second host happened to be a guy named Jabari McLennan. Yeah, <laughs> in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, uh, we connected and it was just unreal how um, how uh, strong our connection was and how much we had in common. And basically from that point, I knew that um, I was going to commit to come to Arkansas State. Committed to Arkansas State, made my, t- made my way here by that summer. And it wasn't long before he introduced me to um, the, the the turn, which is an event that we attended at um, Fellowship Bible Church um, with with um, with a lot of other college guys. And Robbie, you were there as well, leading us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I got introduced to you. And from there, our relationship kind of just steamrolled. Um, mm-hmm. I had my first piece of strawberry shortcake yep. uh, at your house. <laughs> um, which is an example, as we talk about life in, in the crazy context that we're in while we're even doing this podcast. That's yet another moment for me, right? Mm-hmm. So here's white dude, always growing up white, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darius comes from Monroe, Louisiana. He's over at the house for dinner. We've had dinner. He's hanging out with my kids in the living room. And my wife has strawberry shortcake stuff ready. And she says, hey, go see if Darius wants some. So I go in there. Hey, Darius, you want strawberry shortcake? And Darius says, what? What's that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just one of what? 9,000 ways, which when (laughs) we have done life together, it's like, whoa, we are from two different worlds. And real life will will demonstrate that and show that. And you're like, how can you not know? what mm-hmm. strawberry shortcake is. And thankfully in a relationship, we get to explore. What do you mean? What is strawberry shortcake? Right. <laughs> and I had and, like five pieces that day. <laughs> yeah. And essentially, you know, it literally through something as simple as that, learn like, oh, you did not have access. All right. Buying fresh strawberries and making, you know, homemade whipped cream from cream. That was not an option growing up. Exactly. And that's just one of, like I said, a thousand examples of, of us going, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to back up a little bit. Mm. Why, why is that? Because I can live in a world where I cannot imagine another, you know, another person, another American that doesn't know about strawberry shortcake right. because you haven't had, you really haven't had access to it. Mm. So yeah. 2008, 2009, First strawberry shortcake. Right. So all of that to say, we've thankfully been able to do life together from young black men rolling up to Arkansas State to two married men. So we went from two to now there's four. There's two, two Dunaways, Mr. and Mrs., two McLennans, Mr. and Mrs., and now we got three kids in the mix. So Dunaways. 
you got two girls, right? Yes, two girls, two and one. Our oldest is Ariana Elizabeth, and our youngest is, is Armani Rose. There you go. And Jabari, we've already heard a little Houston in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I heard some Clinton, uh, a little bit over one years old. So There he is. Uh, yes, yeah, you hear him right in the background. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So now we have had, uh, who knows how many conversations over since 2008, 2009. And, but we wanted to, I wanted to hop on and just take a detour on this episode to say branding and marketing is important, but like there's more stuff going on in the world. That's more important. So from you guys' perspective, we've talked a lot in the last week about particularly the, the, what's been sparked by George Floyd, and I wanted to just, without a specific agenda, let folks in on a little bit of kind of what we would call our family conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, give you literally an open mic to express what it feels like, um, your, your range of emotion, <laughs> mm-hmm. what we need to understand, we being the white folk in the room need to recognize and understand, at least from y'all's perspective. So none of us are on here representing, you don't represent every black person in the world. I don't represent every white person in the world, but the three of us do represent us. <laughs> and there's probably some things we represent for, for, for folks beyond us. So uh, for, for our audience that's listening, if they're Enneagram folks, so we're talking two Enneagram sevens. Okay, yeah. So we got a party going on right here all the time. This is cool in the gang, right? (laughs) Celebrate good times at all times. Always. But what I would say as the non-Enneagram 7 that that I could tell probably this week or week and a half more than ever that typically Enneagram 7 doesn't want to spend a whole bunch of time in the not fun areas Mm. because we got a party to go to and get started, right? (laughs) There's (laughs) something more fun on the horizon. I don't want to dwell in but I can see it on, see it and hear it in both of y'all that this has even tipped the scale for Enneagram seven to go. I can't, I can't just go get past this one. So we haven't talked a lot about these incidents as they've happened. And unfortunately we, we could have spent all of our years about every other month, probably talking about another incident of a black man or black woman being anywhere from mistreated to murdered. But this one is, it does feel different. So what's been your experience um, over the last 10 days, including, you know, we've already talked about this, like I said, but, you know, people reaching out, you hearing from people you hadn't heard from them forever. Um, so what's that been like for each of you? Um, for me, um it's been exactly what you said um, since this whole um thing happened again, which is not anything new. Um, I've gotten calls from people I hadn't talked to in some in years, people I hadn't seen in years. Um, some I don't even, I don't even really know <laughs> as well. Um, but because of what I also, also what I do as, um, I work, I work for a ministry called SCA Fellowship mm-hmm. Christian Athletes as a chaplain. Um, and I work based uh, mainly on, on campus ASU where I, where I play ball, but I got a lot of predominant white churches calling and reaching out to me and asking me, Hey, what should I say mm-hmm. slash do? Or 
how can I pray for you? You know, and which is all, which is all okay. It's just, I hadn't talked to you in, you know, forever. Yeah. You know, almost. And it's, which makes it, makes it a little difficult as well to check the authenticity of it and not saying it's not authentic, but sure. um, it's, it's like, oh, okay, this thing blows up and, yeah, I hear from you, hmm. um, and you want me to you want, you want me to give you the words to say hmm. to make things better, right? But the reality is, um, if you're only looking for an opportunity to make one statement that's gonna um, clear everything up and go back to normal life, then you're gonna do more damage than good hmm. because um, what it, what you're really doing is waiting for the next thing to be recorded and yeah. blow up before you address this um this hard issue this is this problem again mm. i think that's so helpful you know, if you're white it's fantastic to reach out but you've got to understand if you if you've not reached out before mm. again and again that in this in the heat of this particular moment and i know jabari we we talked about this you, you know the analogy you gave i, I thought was super helpful it's frustrating uh, for me to even think through sometimes because when you just understand the reality, it's like you really, it's just going back to from there, it's just said as far as the authenticity of somebody coming ask, you know, wanting to ask questions. I'm just like, the reason, the only reason we're on this podcast today is because of we've had this conversation, you know, not in great depth, but we, we, know who we can trust and even talk to. We know your intentionality. Like, I don't know who you are if you're reaching out to me. And for the most part, like, how do I know, like, you just somebody else that, oh, let me check that off the list. I did talk to somebody. Mm. And, like, to be honest with you, that's, like, now the filter that I see through for everybody. Mm. I'm just, like, at the end of the day, yes, it's the hot trend that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just like any um, you know, outfit that you like, you're going to put that away and you're you going to keep moving yeah. on. So yeah. um, I think that analogy, if I can recall. You, you know, we, the first time we were talking, you said pop up on my phone out of nowhere, like mm-hmm. a day after my mom just got raped and you want to talk. Yeah. So like, yeah. Have me address example. your group. About <laughs> yeah. About it, it's like mom's yeah, getting so raped. or something. Mom, yeah. So my mom, get raped and say that's something that I'm dealing with. I'm grieving through, right? I'm trying right. to figure it out. I'm trying to process. Right. And now all of a sudden you're like, hey man, somebody I probably talked to once or twice or never even talked to um, wants to now have this conversation where I'm like, well, first of all, like I don't know where I'm at emotionally right, right. now to even process yeah. all that. So I don't think right. you want to even I don't even want to talk to you right now because right. I need to have time for myself. Mm. Uh, and, and it's like for you to have the nerve to say, well, you shouldn't respond or do that. Or mm. like, well, that just, I literally have to just walk away right? <laughs> like, right. because for, if you, whoever you are, mm. and I'm talking to specifically yep. anybody that's white, mm-hmm. if you think about like, I have to now humble myself to help educate or help mm. you understand yeah. more of my frustration. Mm. And I've told people so many times, like I'm only going to do so many uh, podcasts. I'm only going to talk so much about it. Mm. And 
because here's the reality of it. It starts with empathy. Mm-hmm. If you understand what that means, if you don't, then you can do your, you can educate yourself on that as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's enough. Uh, I recorded my own podcast about it, so you can mm-hmm. go and listen to that. But then, too, it's enough movies, it's mm-hmm. enough documentaries, mm-hmm. and it's enough information for you to go figure out for yourself as far as what you need to listen to to give better understanding on what you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also what has not been done. Mm. Because, you know, you, I, just for the sake of sanity, you know, you want to be able to in healthy space for your family, yeah. you know, because that, yeah. that's that's my that's my main responsibility. It's sure. like I I have a responsibility to love and care and be available mm. for my family. And so right. the what I need to keep that and maintain that is um important. And so mm. I, I don't want to be your science project. Right. Yeah. Or uh, and, I- ignore my family. Well I've got right. five days booked full of interviews or talking to a white friend or talking to somebody's church or like, Mm -hmm. I need to lead myself. (laughs) Right. And and none of that. And and I'm a very business oriented. None of that pays me. You're not paying me for my time. Right. You just want me to volunteer my time to help educate you on something that's super emotional for me. Like, Mm. like think about saying, Hey, I want to go to one of the, I want to go to a well-known psychiatrist. $300, $400 an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you want me to expect me to drop myself and dig right. deep inside my emotions <laughs> to help you understand now? Right. It just, and so it's, for me, it's just so frustrating. And like, mm-hmm. you know, just to your point, um, every, just me being who I am, a lot of people know me with just being a super positive, optimistic I am, right. which I still am. And I'm never sure. going to change that. But now you giving now that you finally understand the reality that I and I know so many other males just ain't male female have mm-hmm. to push through mm. and like had to ignore had to forgive you mm. because you didn't understand and like for me not even have to bring that conversation up with you yeah but mm. now I get to bring it up and now I have to go, go tap into all those other things that I've overlooked and I, you know, push past. Mm. Now I have to surface all that emotion back up. Maybe some I never even really completely processed. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to now work through that. It's just, it's just like, all right, well, right. And, we'll, and we'll uh, see how this works out. Our white audience, like, be, be very careful if you're calling or reaching out that you're not asking Jabari to process through that, like on your, on your show, on your time in front of your people, on your crowd, like he kind of have the space to do that without trying to y- use it or worse manipulate it. So we'll come do that in front of my group. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man. And the one thing I think about is like for anybody, like I, had a, I had a guy reach out to me. And he was wanting to know, hey, is it okay if I post this on social media? Mm. I'm like, yeah, it sounds fine. And then he also asked, like, hey, it doesn't feel like I've ever been this way with you. I'm like, to me, well, like you asking that question, like you, you still want you, you're seeking my approval. Mm. Like I'm trying, you you looking for me to help you feel good. 
Mm-hmm. And when like you need to personally deal with if you've ever done that, like I don't know your right. intentions. I don't know your motives. I don't right. know what's going on inside of you. Mm-hmm. And so it's not my job to be able to validate or make you feel better whether you did this or you, whether you didn't do this. Are you doing this or you aren't doing this? Like that's mm-hmm. not my job to figure out for you. Yeah. That's something you need to be able to convict of yourself. Right. So we're, and we're, we're going to come back and talk at the end of this specifically about that, because I know that that's one of like the million requests you're getting. Now, all of a sudden you've got to be your white friends, like social media police. Hey, can I get your approval on posting this (laughs) or saying this, which, Hey, it's great. If you're white, that you're at least thinking through that. Uh, but again, if we if we flip roles, like I'm, I'm trying to process through this, and now I've got to be your social media editor. Mm. <laughs> um, and J- so Jabari mentioned, you know, there's there's this is now in the limelight, and and like we've talked about, part of the frustration is back to that authenticity. Is it in the limelight simply because we're stuck in a pandemic? There's no sports to watch. So this gets a spotlight. Others, other incidents like this have popped up in the spotlight and then the spotlight has quickly faded. Mm. So part of it is you're still watching going, is this one authentic or is it just more in the spotlight because nothing else is, there's no other spotlights on right now. There's been like Jabari, man, there's documentaries, there's things. So I see a lot of talk about, Hey, go educate yourself. Absolutely go do that. But I would imagine, Darius, you could speak part of the frustration is, yeah, but all of those have been there. Like there were, there hasn't been a documentary that I'm aware of that's a major documentary that you one of that that Jabari or Darius, you would mention to me, go look at this that's been created in the last week, right? Nobody's had time to make a new one. Mm. So in other words, they've been out there. <laughs> so h- how does that feel when you know like you can go educate yourself? But I would imagine part of the frustration is, but those have been there. Exactly. I was going to say one thing, Darius. I'm going to let you tackle this. Sorry. But I want you to realize, like, when I look at that movie, I'm not educating myself. I'm looking at something I already knew. Mm. Mm. As opposed to you looking at it to educate yourself. Right. Think through that. Mm. Yeah. Um I would I would have totally agree um, with that, and I would I would even go on to say to your point, Robbie, that though George Floyd's death was 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 cruel and gruesome and you know hard to watch, honestly, there were there were a whole lot more yeah. gruesome, hard to watch videos that came out well before that were a black man was shot. Um, and killed for reaching for his wallet in front of his um, girlfriend and daughter in the backseat. Or mm. uh, another man who uh, on camera was shot uh, um, 18 times and once in the head as well. Um, uh, another, you know, uh, it was several, several times where things even worse than nobody, you can never, you could, sometimes I can never think like, could it get any worse than being handcuffed and suffocated um, to your de- and it and it, and it has been worse than that, but now uh, this upheaving of people like oh my gosh, this ain't right. What's going on? It's like what what's what's changed? You know, it's been it's been happening. It's been worse than um, it is now, and I think it does have something to do with the pandemic and 
nothing else to run to or turn to. Um, uh, and, and there's nothing else to push this by. Um, so it's like another, um, another TV event that, that kind of just shows up and, and goes away. Right. Um, so pushes it out of the news cycle. There's, right. there's nothing right. else at the moment. So, and, and to Jabari's point, he made, he, he stated it on earlier as, as far as people reaching out to you, I think, and asking, Hey, this, is this okay? Um, it's a thin line. Sometimes you, I, I can understand that if you're asking with the intent of apologizing, if you say, Hey, have I, have I like done this before? Um, if you're asking with the intent to make right what you may have done wrong and say, Hey, yeah, you actually have made me feel like that. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and you, you know, you're apologizing for that. I can understand it. But if you're asking for, for that to, to give yourself some um, self-worth. Uh, yeah. I didn't think I was, you know, check, mm-hmm. you know, or, I mean, I got, like, I got a text message where I thought, oh man, it was hard for it. I appreciate that. And I, but it just so happened I'm riding with another black friend who I'm helping move into his new house. And he got the exact same message word, the exact same way. No. It was a copy and pasted message. So I said, oh man, I just got a text from his friend. He said, who? I told him who it was. And he, I said, he said, oh, I got text by him earlier. I said, oh, what did he say to you? And he began to read it, and it was word uh, for word what my message said. And I thought, "Whoa, mm. <laughs> what the heck, yeah. man?" That's you know? not a boilerplate swipe file moment. <laughs> Golly, <laughs> exactly. So I was like, "Bro, I, mean, I, I, I literally, literally thought, you know, that was mm. a heart, a heartfelt, personal thing that was that was being done, but in reality, it was a." a, a whatever you consider it to be. Um, and it, it devalue that message that was sent to me, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and in a big way. So this, this is sad, surely enough, but it gets, it gets more sad when you begin to see things like uh, what we just discussed. People try to cover it up. People asking, hey, what do I do when you have all these resources, like different books and things like that? But I think more importantly, um, man, Investing in a in a relationship with somebody of a different race who don't look like you, who didn't grow up with the way you grew up, who who what who didn't have the same privileges you had, who didn't go through the same experiences you had. I talked to one um white white guy who I who I who I call a friend of mine, and um and he told me how he grew up and family you know made quarter of a million dollars a year. He would go in the backyard, plant a creek, ride dirt bikes, and things like that. And I was like, bro, my it was night and day different for me. I grew up not knowing most days where I was going to eat um, at night. Or if I did find something, it was going to be a corn dog um, uh, most of the time or the cheese that didn't melt. Trying to get it, trying to eat a bologna sandwich when you pop in a bubble to, to keep it, to get the whole thing to cook. I mean, or, or you, you hope it's so I don't kick your door in on one day and try to rob you or, or the vehicle that you, you, you finally get when you're in high school as a family. A one, one vehicle for a whole family to use is, is not sitting on center blocks because someone stole your wheels off of it. You know, I grew up with those worries um, over, you know, worrying about a, a snake in a creek or, having a dirt bike injury, you know, um, totally different lifestyle. So how can you understand me if you don't build that personal relationship to get to know me and embrace my differences? Um, and, and, you know, not because I'm a project to you, but because I'm, I'm, I'm family and I'm a friend to you. Yeah. I think that that's so helpful to hear is, um, we gotta see like, this is a person right? period. That's it. This is not a project to undertake. If you're white, please don't make this even beyond movement. Mm. 
it's 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 a person Thanks for listening to part one of this important episode. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to some ways that you can connect with Jabari and Darius. But in part two of this special, you're going to hear some solutions, some ideas that they have on how we can move forward together, how we can serve one another. And in there, you're going to learn a little bit more about what Jabari and Darius are up to, and they will point us to some ways that you can connect with them. In the meantime, I'll include those links to their social media accounts in the show notes, and please join me next time as we finish this conversation together.